All right, Nick, what did you do last night? I went to a birthday party last night with uh, Trust the Process. With uh, hot chocolate and an injury? Welcome to the Water Boys Podcast. Welcome back to the Water Boys Podcast. This is Nick, and I have a co-host, Josh. How are you today? Good, bud. How are you? I'm okay. Had an eventful weekend. Stayed up till 1 a.m. yesterday singing karaoke. How about you? You stayed up till 1 a.m. singing karaoke? Yep. Singing. Wait, same song you always sing? Which song? It's the Whitney Houston song, isn't it? The Unbreak My Heart one? That's Tony Braxton. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. I can't. I don't rem- exactly remember who it is, but yes, guys. Uh, so one time, uh, Nick and I went to the Whitecaps game. And while riding in his car, he broke out a solo of that song. Uh, it's pretty entertaining. I think you guys would enjoy that. Maybe one day we'll get you to sing that on the podcast. Uh, maybe. Uh, but yeah, yesterday, watched UFC. Some pretty good fights in there. Israel Adesanya. He killed it. He killed it, man. I mean, he knocked out Whitaker pretty badly. Oof. Pretty badly, sorry. Yeah, he, he got him twice, and then that second punch just knocked him out. He knocked the living crap out of him. Oof. Feel bad. He must be feeling it today. I mean, his jaw must be sore. Oh, yeah, definitely. With a shot like that, I mean, I'm surprised it's not broken because that was hard. If you see it in slow motion. That thing's like that thing is like probably one inch from popping out. What else did we watch last night? I watched a little bit of the NBA preseason. Yes, preseason finally started. Good look for the Lakers. Uh, it's preseason though; you can't really put too much into it. That lineup is huge, and it definitely gave the Warriors a problem. I mean, you got LeBron, AD, Bradley, Danny Green. Who's the last guy? Did they not have what's his face? Oh yeah, Javale McGee was out there too. Yeah, I saw Rondo out there for a little bit. That shot, he took that shot, but then Davis cleaned it up. Remember? Did he, he, did he take that shot? That was a shot. He can say it was a pass through to Anthony Davis, but that was a shot. I'm pretty sure. All right, all right. We'll quantify it as a shot. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. Oh, we'll give him. I don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt, to be honest, because that looked like a shot to me. What else did we watch? I watched a little bit of a LaMelo Ball in the NBL. Did you see how he crossed that guy out? That was pretty nasty. You guys, if you haven't seen it, you guys should actually go check it out. He crossed him out not once, but twice. He got the perfect pass to the center, I guess, whoever the center was. And the center was right under the basket. He tried to dunk it, I guess. And he airballed it. Yeah, he, he airballed it. And then he looked back to, at the ref, complaining about a foul. Classic. I don't know. He he screwed up. He screwed that play up, unfortunately. It would have been beautiful. Classic. What else happened in the NBA, Nick? What else happened in the NBA? I think Sacramento and Indiana are in India playing their preseason games. Indiana destroyed them by 24 points. Yes. Oh, and uh, a side note, apparently one of the Chinese teams cut ties with the Houston Rockets. Really? Why is that? I believe it was over a tweet 
relating to Hong Kong. I'm not sure. I th- I think they probably retweeted something about freedom. I I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, if that is a really bad move on the Rockets. If if you want to keep partnerships, you can't really get into the politics of it, especially you know when it's a sensitive subject like that. I don't know. I don't know everything completely about that, about about the problem. But if you're Houston, you should probably stay quiet on that, not say much, if you want them, if you want to keep them on your side. I mean, can't get political in the NBA. I feel like you can't get political in sports. Period. Period. Yes, I believe I would agree with you on that one. Uh, there are certain moments when you can sort of like. Remember the, what's the name of the kid that got killed for, he was wearing a black sweater. And then Miami did that whole picture where they all wore a hoodie, a black hoodie or whatever. I forgot the his Tra- name. Trayvon Martin. Yeah, Trayvon Tra- Martin. Yeah, yeah. I think that was his name. So things like that where you bring up awareness, I'm, I'm fine with that. But if you're going to get into like some other country's affairs, I think you should really stay out of it. I think so too. I think uh, we're rambling a little bit too long about this. Yeah. uh, Let's get into the meat and potatoes of our podcast. Oh, this is a side note. I'm leaving for Japan for two weeks. You're going to be by yourself, Josh. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to think of you in Japan. I'll miss you too. Maybe maybe we record while you're over there. Oh. Make a phone call and, and have that really... That really grainy Skype call, yeah, quality, and be like, "Hi, Josh," you know, <laughs> make it sound like that through the whole podcast, and people That's would terrible. get annoyed. I would not do that. <laughs> uh, I mean, it doesn't hurt trying once in a while, but uh, yeah, I'll be uh, gone two weeks, October 9th to the twenty third. I think I'll be back in time for another episode. So basically, we're gonna give you guys two podcasts in the next two weeks rather than the four that we usually do or not not the four but the two that we usually give it would have been four but i don't think we can knock out that many today yeah we're just gonna do uh, enough for two maybe i'll even do a solo and just talk about current events i don't know i'm debating that we'll see you could if you want i mean solo for 30 minutes is pretty hard yeah i know there's no one to bounce off of i know i'll just bounce off the wall or something that's going to echo. No, like I'll literally go into the wall. And then it'll just be 20 minutes of me knocked out and going like, oh. Okay. And uh, enough of those stupid rambles. Uh, today, guys, we're going to talk about five, five, five players we yeah. think are going to have a breakout season. And five players that we think are going to have a bad season. Five players, yes. So five players we think are going to have a breakout season and five players we think will regress. I know my list is different from your list. I have a couple of teammates on mine and some outlier picks. I think the five players we chose for regression, I don't know if they're the same. I That's a good point. We did not discuss that. But either way, we could probably find, we could probably find some other players to talk about. Out. Do you want to go first, or I go first on this one? So we start out with five players that are going to have a breakout season. Yes. All right, then uh, you go first, bro. I think 
you'll like this pick a lot. I chose Marvin Bagley III to have a breakout season. Him playing on that Sacramento team, he's going to have a lot of good options around him, but I think he put up some decent stats. I think he went 14.9 points per game, had an efficiency of 18.9, and he had a per of... Oh, sorry, he had a per of 18.9. So he was second only behind DeAndre Ayton for rookies, I think. And he had an efficiency rating of 16.44, which is pretty high. I think it was the highest rookie. Sorry, second highest rookie behind Ayton. The reason why I didn't choose DeAndre Ayton as a side note, sorry. I think he's reached... A good base. I don't think he's going to improve any more just because he's had so many replacement parts on that team. So many coaches, so many offensive plans, so many defensive schemes. I mean, it's hard for a player to adjust each time. Basically, because it's Phoenix. Right? It's Phoenix. The seats are dirty, plenty of parking, <laughs> chips are stale, cheese is old. That's a Charles Barkley reference. But moving back to Bagley, I think he's going to have another breakout season. He showed me a lot. He has a good face-up game. He can rebound. He has a good base. 14.9 points per game. You think? I think he'll have a jump of at least 5 points, 6 points, depending on if he's the second option or the third option. To me, he's the second option on that team behind De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. I think I think the offense is going to be set up for him. He's going to be running a lot. It's going to be up and down. And he's going to have a real five next to him, Dwayne Dedman, so he can shore up or he can cover those defen- defensive uh, deficiencies for Marvin Bagley. Other than that, I don't see any other factors limiting him. Only factor I can think of is sophomore slump. Sophomore slump, yes, but... That's you, the only thing, but to be honest, this guy's really good. I mean, look at De'Aaron Fox. He should have had a sophomore slump. That's true. He, he improved quite a bit. He improved a lot. I think his per 36 line is pretty impressive. 21.2 points per game. 10.8 rebounds, total rebounds. That's really impressive for a rookie. I agree. Yeah, that team that that team as a whole is going to be really impressive to see. I mean, the only knock I can see against uh, Marvin, you could probably quantify his stats as empty because he doesn't offer much on defense. Yeah, well, that whole team has problem defending. Not the whole team, yeah, but they've brought in guys that can help shore up that that area, right? Brought in Ariza. Even Deadman's not bad on defense. But yeah, it's not just him that has problems defending. It's basically the whole team that has that problem. I mean, he had the classic case of jumping for everything to block. Uh, that's a typical rookie thing. That's though, a typical rookie right? thing, yeah. It's like uh, the guy from New York. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. He, has, he had the same problem. Like he, That guy can block. He can block. But there comes a time when you need to know when to do it and when not to do it and that's the one thing one of the negatives he faced last season that he tried to block everything 
but I, it's a rookie thing. And, you know, it, it goes with learning. You got to learn when to do things like that and when not to. And I'm pretty sure it'll, he'll shore that up eventually. Hopefully. I mean, Marvin has a quick second jump. That thing is lethal. Yeah, true. Oh, a current event actually for Marvin. He's actually listed as 6'8". He's not 6'11". So shoes took off three inches off of him. Probably. He's probably like six foot eight point seven five. What kind of shoes is he wearing? I don't know. Well, two inch pumps. <laughs> that's insane. Can't believe they took off three inches. I mean, that's like what girls wear. Those <laughs> those Fila destroyers or whatever they're called. Yeah, I know. They add like three inches. Yeah, I know which ones you're talking about. I mean, that's, that's a lot, three inches, but he jumps pretty high. <laughs> Who's your player uh first on the list for me is bam Adebayo. they basically got rid of whiteside's huge monsters contract even though it's just one year they they basically are making him the default starter for them this year whereas last year he had to uh share the lineup with with whiteside and also they wanted teams wanted to include him in the Westbrook or Paul trade negotiations, which never went through because they didn't want to add him because they already see him being a big part of this team. His shot improved during the during his rookie season, especially during the last stretch or the second half of the season. He had a quote where he said, during the last stretch of last season, my confidence was at an all-time high. And that actually showed that with his effective field goal percentage in March it was at 602 and in april it was in, it was at 615 coincidentally that was miami's best stretch of the whole season when they had the most winning winning percentage yes winning percentage okay my counterpoint for you actually would be he's very dependent on a ball handler who's ball handling right now for the miami heat right now it would, i would say butler would be doing most of the handling it's actually winslow i would put it to him Really? Why would you put Butler as the main ball handler? He's going to be handling most of the ball, though, if you think about it. I think he's going to initiate off the wing. I think Bam Adebayo is a good pick. Don't get me wrong. I just think he's so dependent on another player to get his shots. And yeah, I've seen him shoot like a couple perimeter jumpers. And they look okay, but I'm just saying he's very offensively rigid, I would say. Because you can't have him being a perimeter player as well. You already have two of those. No, that's true. Well, most of his shots come from the post anyways. Uh, he had the highest... His highest shooting percentage was basically from z- zero to three feet. So, I mean, if he really needs to, he can play on the perimeter. But this guy's mostly going to be playing at the post. But I do think he'll be, have a breakout season. I think his defensive value will start to come. He's very mobile. Ah, he is. Uh, when he was on the floor, the team outscored opponents by 5.9 points every 100 possessions. The fact that he almost made Team USA too, I know it's not saying much if you look at that roster, but still a guy coming off the bench and he almost made Team USA, that's actually a pretty good sign. Not only can he shoot, but he can also create plays for others. He averaged 2.2 assists per game. Even when you adjust the number 
to uh, per 36 minutes or every every 100 possessions, his assist numbers are so really impressive and they keep incre- increasing. Uh, it just proves he's not only a scorer, but he can also at least find someone for he can create for someone else. That's true. I think he would be a sleeper pick for me. Yeah, and something else, he his offensive and defensive ratings were pretty good on last year's Miami team. His defensive rating was best on the team, and his offensive rating. That was just with not even being a starter. But now, could you imagine with him getting more more time on the floor, being a starter? I think. Just based on the small sample he gives out last season, I expect him to increase increase this season by quite a bit. I would say so. I don't think he's the he can be a primary option, but I think he can be like a second or third. Yeah, for sure. And even then, I don't I don't even think he'd be a second option on that Miami team. No, I don't think so. He'd be a little bit down the list. I like that pick. Don't get me wrong. I chose his other teammate though. For one of the breakout players. He chose Justice Winslow, eh? Is it Justice or Justice? I'm pretty sure it's Justice. Justice Winslow, yep. That guy looking like a lost cause coming into the season for sure. I mean, he didn't he didn't average any good stats last year. I didn't search him up because they were pretty comical. I think coming into this year, he looked a lot better. He improved on his three-point shooting. Then he had some playmaking abilities. And he can defend. But, I mean, yeah, he switched to the point guard role because Goran uh, Dragic was injured most of the season. Do you think he's going to get more playing time this year, though? He should. He showed a lot. He only had a usage rate of 20%. That's very low. Interesting. And he still had a stat line of 15, 5, and 6. Th- that'll, be an inter- that'll be interesting how it plays out just because Goran is fighting for another contract. And he's gonna want to get paid. I would, I would think Gorn would get or would have a good season himself, just for that next uh, contract, right? I don't know. I think why not go with Winslow? He's gonna be twenty three next season. That's very young. Right, right. I agree. I think that usage rate is gonna go up to twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven in Miami. I know Butler's there, but he's. Still need a second option or first option to go through, right? Correct. Right? You do. And I think he's going to continue improving and developing his skill set. I think the biggest the biggest thing I could see was his three-point shooting. He upped his attempts to five per game. And he made about two, two and a half for a clip of 37%. Only dropped 1% from his previous year. That's pretty good. That is really good. It'll be interesting how Miami does this season. They have, I think they have enough to compete for one of those final spots. The eighth? I would say so. Uh, Looking at, um, when you look at statistical breakouts for these teams, or sorry, for these players, you always have to have one stat that makes a huge jump. Winslow, it's three-point shooting. Bagley, I'm going to be looking at his three-point shooting or his field goal percentage around the rim. And even for Bam, he looks pretty good. Shooting percentage is pretty high, actually, yeah. already. I mean, these are these are the things you look for. I mean, the teams they're on, the situations, the sets, the coaching, how the player is, what their tendencies are. 
This is what we all look for when we watch basketball. Even when we play like rec ball or urban rec, the co-ed basketball league we have here, or even like drop-in when you come on Wednesdays, you know who's a good player and who's not a great player. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. I mean, this is why I always choose you to play with me. I know you can defend. I know you give you 100% on defense. Offense, you, you're not a negative. Are but, you sure about that? Yeah, I'm sure about that. But you're not like a pylon on offense. I know you'll move. So I'd rather have you over someone who's offensively skilled. Or who doesn't give up the ball. Yeah, I mean. I mean, there's some people that don't like giving up the ball and they can't shoot either. And they jack up shots and you're like, what? What are you doing? Uh, speaking of jacking up shots, this is a good segue, actually. This is a great one. Because my next player is Jason Tatum. Oh, Jason Tatum. Tell me about him. Well, one of his big problems was that his shot selection was pretty terrible. Uh, I was looking at one at a table. They were showing uh, when he would shoot. And he liked to shoot a lot at the beginning of a shot clock. Like between between the first six seconds of a shot clock, he would just be jacking up shots. Kobe-itis. Kobe, yeah. And was he not the one that trained with Kobe? Yes. So maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe not. I choose to believe it was because he was playing with a ball-dominant player like Kyrie. That's true. And they got to a point where the guy was like, you know what? He can get up his shots. Why can't I? And he would rather just take it on his own and just take those shots, right? I mean, you have Kemba now. I got Kemba now, so it's a switch and dynamic, right? You don't. I don't think the. I don't think Kemba's going to be holding the ball up that much, just like Kyrie. Uh, one thing that was apparent this year, though, when he was with uh, Team USA for the FIBA World Cup, was his playmaking. Uh, his playmaking and his defense were actually standouts on that team. Fortunately, he got injured. He missed out on the more important games towards the end of the tournament. And you could see that they missed him quite a bit. Another thing was that he's a very good catch and shoot, uh, catch and shoot shooter from uh, three points. In two seasons, he hit, he was hitting 41.7% from catch and shoot threes. Uh, he tends to go a lot to the mid-range and also driving. He needs to improve on those uh, on those two type of shots because they seem to not go in. Uh, his, his true shooting percentage on drives was ranked 88th in the league. He tends to lose the, the ball a lot on drives. So he's apparently he's been working a lot with a strength coach this season just not to get uh, pummeled in when he's driving. Uh, I think he gets too fancy with his dribble, to be honest. Like, when he sees a matchup he likes, he just neanders around with the dribbling moves. I mean, what is basketball? We, You want to keep it simple, right? That's true. I mean, there's a concept called kiss. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Yes, correct. I mean, if you have the big man and you have him on one move, let's say a hezzy through the legs, why not keep going? You don't need to go for the highlight plays, right? That's true. Uh, another thing that actually goes for him is that Irving, Kyrie's finally gone. Last season, you know, again, I repeat myself, he tried to take his his uh, own shots just to show that 
or just to be like, if Kyrie's getting his shots, why can't I? Uh, during his rookie season, when Kyrie was playing, he only averaged 40.6 touches per game. His game is very isolation-based. He averaged 1.4 isolations while Kyrie was playing. He also averaged 13.3 points, 5 rebounds, and 1.4 assists. As soon as Kyrie went down, the, his isolations went to up to 3.7 per game. His touches went up to 53.1 per game. And in that span, that's you know when he hit into the playoffs, he was averaging 18.5 points, 4.4 rebounds, and 2.1 assists. So already you can see what he gets his own touches. That's what he basically needs, his own touches. And I feel like with this team, he can actually do it because there's really nobody else that's going to be getting those touches other than Kemba. Kemba and Gordon Hayward, don't forget that. Yeah, Gordon Hayward. And even then, he's got to start scoring to take a load off of Hayward because we don't know if he's going to be the same old Hayward of before. That's true. So it's just, you know, it, it all adds up to him having a good season. Just getting more touches, being more in isolation because that's his type of game. I don't think it necessarily leads him to have a good season. I think all the variables are there for him to have a good season. He's a good coach. He knows the system well. He has a good teammate in Kemba Walker. He has Jalen Brown to help him out. He has Marcus Smart. And he has Gordon Haywood. Correct. Uh, I think he, I think he'll have a breakout season. It, it, if he doesn't, then Boston is in, in trouble this season. Speaking of trouble, one team that's been in trouble for the past few seasons, they just recently blew up, got a bunch of draft picks, and they got one kid that's Canadian. Can you guess his name? Hmm. Are we talking about the team uh, Dame Lindlard put to sleep? He effectively ended their run with Russell Westbrook. Excuse me. Russell I think his name is uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Is it Gilgis or Gilgis? Gilgis, Gilgis, I don't know, something like that. Anyways, explain. I think he's going to be primed for a great season next next one. Sorry. He was a pleasant surprise for the 2018 season. I think he was surrounded with really good talent. Montreal Harrell, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Danilo Gallinari, who's with him in OKC, and Tobias Harris. He only had a usage rate of about 18%, I think. Then he had a pretty good field goal percentage. He was shooting 48%, and he's shooting 37% from the three. This is all in his rookie year. Can you imagine him with Chris Paul, Danilo, Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, and some OKC talent like Terrence Ferguson. That should be a quite that should be a good team on paper. Let's see how long it lasts and if they don't trade those pieces away too. That's true. That's true. He's standing at six six. I don't know his official measurements. Seven foot wingspan. He can defend. He's a pesky defender. I think he learned it from Patrick Beverly. And I think he's a downhill scorer who likes to come at people with a head of steam. He's lanky too. He can get that shot off. I agree. Uh, should have 
should have more of a role on this team than he ever did with the Clippers. I think he'll have the keys to the offense. I think he'll run a very solid pick and roll of Steven Adams. I think he's going to take a gigantic step forward. I think he's going to have a breakout sophomore here. Similar to a De'Aaron Fox, I would say. Similar to De'Aaron Fox? Maybe not six points uptick, but maybe five. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I could see that happening. This team is uh, is clearly going to sh- start to rebuild, and not only that, but some key pieces will be traded away at some point this season because I don't think they want to finish the season with Chris Paul. No, I don't think so. I so th- at some point this season. It's going to be him taking over the offense, I would say, because there's nobody else unless you say Danilo Gallinari. But uh, he's another guy that seems to to be getting injured quite a bit too, right? He's 31 years old. I think he's at the end of his prime. Yeah. So at some point this season, he will get the keys to this team, and he will be leading it offensively. So I agree with you. I can see Very true. I think this ends part one.